It's 6.27 p.m. And welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury. And welcome to our penultimate um, hustings for the elections in May 2021. And joining us this evening, we have Dr. Renny Raj from the Conservative Party and Kirsty Meller from the Labour Party. So this is, as I say, our penultimate hustings of our hustings seasons. I'm just going to introduce um, introduce how those work, and then I'm going to ask Ian to explain some background information about the ward, um, and um, then we'll get on to the introductions and then the opening statements for the candidates. Okay, so standing in this ward, so this is the candidates that you'll see on the ballot paper. Um, you'll have um, Yaya Chowdhury uh, for the Liberal Democrats, Kirsty Miller for the Labour Party, Chris Pickett for the Trade Union and Socialist Coalition, and Dr. Raj, uh, sorry, Dr. Renu Raj for the Conservative Party. And welcome to our political podcast, H- Virtual Hustings for Charles Dickens. All of our questions have been submitted in advance via the event on Facebook, by email, and if there's time, um, we will allow, um, we'll review some of the comments in the live stream and see if we can fit those in. All of the questions are one of those, uh, are ones that can be answered by all of the candidates and are applicable to the ward or to Portsmouth. Questions have been selected by Ian and myself and will be put to all of the candidates in turn. All candidates have the option to give a three minute opening and then a three minute closing speech. Candidates that have responded to us but are unable to attend the hustings were given an option to pre-record or submit written speeches. As the hustings are being held via Zoom, if we need to prevent interruptions, we may mute any candidate while they are not answering the question. Otherwise, we'll leave all the candidate microphones open throughout and under their, and entirely under their control. Candidates will be given two minutes to answer each question. Rebuttals will be offered once all candidates have answered that question, and candidates have one, have one sixty-second rebuttal to give answers given to give answers to the answers given by their opponents. My apologies. There will be no further follow-up. We're not here to pit the candidates against each other. The election is already doing that. We're here to give voters a chance to have their questions put to their candidates. No candidate is going to be declared the winner or the loser today, and our hope is that by being able to hear their responses, you, the voters, are the winners. Ian. Yes, so thank you, Simon. Um, so to explain our missing candidates, um, we made several attempts to contact the Trade Union and Socialist Coalition. Um, unfortunately, we had no response from them through any of their social media or contact channels. Um, so their candidate is not here. Yaya initially indicated um, that he, he he would be prepared to join the the hustings. Unfortunately, since then, um, he, he confirmed he wouldn't be able to attend. As Simon explained, we did offer him the opportunity to give us a written statement or to record something in advance, but we have heard nothing from him. So we will have to work with the excellent candidates we have, which is Kirsty and Dr. Raj. So this brings me on to the verdict and my analysis of Charles Dickens Ward. I think this is one of the most complex wards to call, although at first glance, it would seem to be a significant Labour stronghold. The current incumbent is Stephen Morgan MP, who is standing down at this election um, to pursue his career in Westminster, having won in the uh, general election back in 2019 handsomely and against the, the, the tide uh, nationally. 
But it's important to reflect that Stephen only won his seat back in uh, back in 2016 by just 63 votes uh, ahead of the Liberal Democrats. Um, since then, there have, there's always complexities around Charles Dickens in 2018. Um, the winner of the election was under the Labour Party banner, but had um, had resigned from the party a few days before um, and won again with a fairly narrow margin. Last time out, 2019, friend of the pod, Cal Corkery uh, won for Labour reasonably handsomely, 16% ahead of the Liberal Democrats. So you would think that this is this is Labour's seat to lose. But what we have to understand when we look at Charles Dickens is the very, very low turnout. Any party that could mobilise two or three hundred people from the 11,000 households to get out and back them will win this ward. So it's really down to all of the parties to give Charles Dickens the attention it deserves. And I think any party that can really motivate the electorate to go out and uh, and put their X in the box could win this ward. That's my analysis. So we will now offer up the opening statements, starting, please, with Dr. Raj. Good evening, all of you. My name is Dr. Renu Raj and well known as Dr. Raj. As a being a businesswoman and a legal practitioner, I'm a wife and a mother of two amazing children. Family life is very important to me. And therefore, so I want the community of Charles Dickens Ward to become like my extended family. I am candidate for the Conservative Party and I embrace the quality of hard work, enterprise and making differences. And I want to lead Charles Dickens Ward out of hard times. Last year has been hardest year in living memory for many of our community, a year of loss and mourning. It has affected income, businesses, study, and the ability to hug loved one. For that, I am campaigning to restore hope to the people of Charles Dickens Ward. I have four key points. H is for health. I want to encourage all communities to have their jobs, increasing community immunity, which will also be good for the economy. I want to pay rise for carer, those that care for vulnerable. I want to encourage more cycling and walking and make keeping fit and healthy accessible to all. O is for opportunity, investing in buildings, not tearing down our beautiful historical buildings, but reconstruct and upcycling the restore our historical city. P is for people. When I use the term community, I mean the whole of Charles Dickens, not just a few, but embracing the skill of all age groups, both the young and the young at heart, supporting and empowering all victims of domestic abuse in cause that is very important to me. It is really important that we have clean streets and safe streets, streets that make us proud of life. Here, be able to walk through our streets without fear. Ease for economy. Frankly, our local economy is on life support and need to be restricted. Sorry. To reason, commercial road, the heart of the world, needs life 
breathe it back into it. Short-term free parking to draw people to the shop and to meet for a coffee, but it for business or to meet with friends. In summary, I plan to be seconds. accessible holding regular surgeries where I'll be listened to and not just hear your problems. As a businesswoman, I will make Ten sure seconds. that your consultex is spent wisely, freezing it too for the next year to keep money in your pockets and make sure that the funds that the conservative government has given to the council for the high street is spent you on can the high draw street. Draw your remarks to a close, please, Dr. Raj. Thank you. Thank you. And Kirsty. Hi, um, my name is Kirsty Meller, the Labour Party candidate for Charles Dickens Ward. Thank you so much for having me. The tight knit political community in Portsmouth is as vibrant as it is spicy. And I feel this podcast is a big contributor to that and, and conversations such as these that keep local politics relevant. So I'm honoured to be representing my own ward of Charles Dickens, uh, a neighbourhood with an interesting history. However, we've become a forgotten community. Despite this, we are a community full of passionate residents who wish to improve the life for all that live in the ward. All of this also ensuring um, that the ward remains vibrant and a caring community where everybody supports each other. This has become all too important over the last 12 months. I'm standing up to represent my community as I feel I'm the ideal candidate to join the Charles Dickens Council team. I'm a working class single mother living in the heart of Charles Dickens and I understand the issues we face because I face them too. I've campaigned on a variety of issues ranging from benefit cuts to domestic abuse, trade unionism to healthcare and everything in between. I'm passionate about supporting others and I feel that it is my life experiences that make me the person Charles Dickens needs to represent them. I previously worked as a healthcare practitioner in surgeries throughout Portsmouth and then my world came crashing down around me. I was in an abusive relationship and I didn't know how to get out of it until I found the support I desperately needed. I fought my way through this awful period but now live happily with my children in Charles Dickens, safe and respected. I've faced adversity head on and I've beaten it. And I know with the perseverance this takes, I will be a fantastic and empathetic representative for Charles Dickens, Charles Dickens resident. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsty. And Simon. Thank you very much both. Okay, so without further ado, we'll move to the first question. Um, and I shall ask that question first to Dr. Raj. In local elections not held um, in a general election year, Charles Dickens has the poorest turnout in the city, averaging around 23% or less. How would you change that? Uh, clearly, the voters in Charles Dickens ward do not feel much enthusiasm to vote in that. They feel that, what's the point? It's time for change now make a difference. In the sixth week of campaigning, I have met many voters and asked them of their interest and of mine in the Charles Dickens ward and Pompey. I tell them that whether they vote for me or not, I'll do my best for them through the social media and through other way. We can promote them and support them to go for the votings. 
Thank you very much. Um, and Kirsty Miller. So we know that the, the turnout for local elections is poor, and I think that's partly because uh, residents have got voter apathy. What I have been keen to do is, is work with residents and local community groups um, to build our links and empower those that live in the communities and to ensure that they feel valued and heard um, and to stand up for what they believe in. So since 2017, myself and Councillor Corkery have been building those relationships with the community and we're quite visible in the ward already and I think that speaks volumes. So it's about giving uh, the residents good reason to go out and vote. So our ward is home to residents who want the best of their communities and I want to work with them to improve the lives of everybody who lives in the ward. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kirsty. Okay. And uh, do either of you want to issue a rebuttal to the response that your um, the other candidate made? No? Okay, then we'll move on to question two. Thank you very much. So question two is, what is the clean air zone going to do for the people of Charles Dickens? And Kirsty, if you'd like to pick that one up first. Thanks, Ian. So uh, Charles Dickens Ward already has the highest rate of, of health-related deprivation and, and respiratory illnesses. Um, and I think that the decision made by the Lib Dem cabinet to remove uh, Fratton Road and Kingston Road from the clean air zone is only going to make that worse. Um, so we're keen to ensure that the clean air zone um, did, didn't impact financially on, the, on those in, on low incomes um, and therefore supported the exclusion of, of private cars from, from the scheme. But I think more should have been done to create a larger, a larger zone for commercial vehicles. So what's going to happen now is there's going to be a rat run from the bottom of, of the motorway down Kingston Crescent, Kingston Road and, and Fratton Road that heavily uh, polluting commercial vehicles will use uh, to avoid the clean air zone. So it, it, it just defeats the object. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsty. And the same question to Dr. Raj. For the clear zone, over a time awareness of the access of ship to our port will lead the lower particulars from ship engine. The main road M20, M275 market way will be benefited from reducing the car and commercial vehicles, particularly as electric, electric vehicles become the preferred motive power. We must expect these activities to adapt to our needs. The sooner the better, it's the city council officer's jobs to make it happen to bring the electric motor in preference. Thank you. Thank you. Either of you want to come back on any of those points? No, no problem. Thank you. Simon. Okay, thank you very much. Um, okay, so moving on to question three. Um, so what electoral laws that apply to local elections would you seek to change if you had the power to do so? Uh, that question first to Dr. Raj. I think there is nothing to must to change that electoral electoral law cha, uh, changes while it, it is not perfect. Our electoral electoral law do work. Thank you. Okay. 
that's a certainly wins the award for the briefest response that we've had. So thank you, <laughs> um, Kirsty. Thanks, Simon. So currently we have um, local elections yearly with with a, with a fellow year. Um, I personally don't think this way is is useful or constructive for our residents, and nor is it helpful for our elected representatives to make a difference or an impact in their term at Portsmouth City Council. So. I'd certainly like to see um, local elections moved every four years um, so our elected councillors um, can use their term to the best of their ability and to the benefit of, of residents. Um, and another thing I'd like to see is um, that we have 16 year olds coming forward to vote because ultimately our, our young children are, are our future and their voices are just as important in, in voting. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, would either of you like to um, issue a rebuttal on on your um, on the responses? No. Okay. So we are we're moving through the questions rather swiftly. Okay. So Ian, question four is all yours. Yes. So the Charles Dickens Ward has over eleven thousand dwellings, more than any other of the wards in Portsmouth. A lot of these are student developments. So student developments, have they been a blessing or a curse to Charles Dickens Ward? Kirsty, please. Thanks, Ian. So student accommodation does benefit our city economically um, and, it, and it does bring income and wealth in, into the area. However, I think for that to happen, we need the economy to be working for everyone and ensuring that we line the pockets of, of our residents and not developers in the city. So lots, lots and lots of noise has been made about investment in wealthier parts of our city. I think it's about time that focus and energy was applied to the city centre um, and the deprived council estates that surround it. We've got one million people um, on the waiting list for council homes. So we, we really need to start investing in secure, affordable, well-designed council homes with good public spaces and community facilities you know to create thriving communities so student accommodation it has its benefits but actually what we need is more council homes thank you thank you Kirsty. and same question to dr raj yeah i think it's not a curse but uh, uh, there should be some uh, proper infrastructure should be made while there are recent student development uh, near the university and city center. Few are close to residents' homes. The new converted buildings mean uh, that students will move away where the new buildings are coming for the student accommodation. And when the students, they will move away in those accommodation. So I think then the homes, uh, those they will be leaving, that will be available for the families and the local residents. And this is how both the things can go together and the students and the local residents also. So it's not a curse. Thank you. Any comeback on that, Kirsty? No, thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Raj. Perfect. On to Simon. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, so um, the administration has secured funding to regenerate commercial roads. What are the priorities, Kirsty? Oh, sorry, I beg your pardon, Dr. Raj, I beg your pardon. So this is question number five you asked me. Yes, please, yeah. 
yeah for the commercial yeah for me the local businesses are the priority for the local people which is very important to save the local businesses because the de- because the demolished of old tricom car park and the casket were all about bringing shoppers in the pompey but it was failed local democratic party and uh, that was not the right thing that we have uh, promoted the local businesses but still time is here and we can concentrate on the local businesses not on the malls thank you lovely thank you very much uh, and my apologies for the mess up at there at the start there kirsty please um so the future high street funds allocation from the government of around three million for commercial road um will allow the council to buy one building which will then allow it more control over how um the handful of commercial units within it is used um and i hardly think that's going to be transformative so i think what we need is a large-scale redevelopment of the area that will bring in much needed investment jobs um, and affordable homes for people the council um, has the opportunity to do this with the former tricorn site um, which has just been allowed to sit empty you know for years um the most recent felt Sorry, the story got all the words all mixed up now, put the teeth back in. So um, the recent failed uh, city centre regeneration project just goes to show how the current administration lacks the ambition um, and ambition to improve our city centre. Um, so I think the council should really be looking um, to bring back the lease for, for the Tricorn Centre and um, from the developer um, who, who's failed to bring us any forward thinking plans. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, would either of you like to issue a, a rebuttal? Mm-hmm. Okay. No? Okay. Yeah. We're, we're a rebuttal-free show at the moment. Ian. So that brings us on to question six. And I'm going to ask you to be specific here. So, you know, what specifically are the biggest issues facing the residents of the Charles Dickens Ward? And I will ask that first, Kirsty. So I think the number one issue on the doorstep is antisocial behaviour, inequality and, and housing needs. So I've supported residents for the past two years um, with these issues. And I've been communicating with council officers, the police and community provisions who are all working under the constraints of cuts and who are doing a fantastic job given the circumstances. So there's a lack of joined up um, communication between all agencies and, and we need to rebuild those relationships and improve that communication and response time so that residents and personnel can work together to improve all the outcomes. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsty. And the same question to Dr. Raj. For me, uh, for me, the big issues are a few, like improving the quality of life by bringing the safety and security on the road, local schools to be more safe and uh, easily approachable, and local jobs, local shops for the local uh, uh, female, those who are waiting for their uh, talent to show and to earn some money so that will be come out with the local uh, uh, small businesses when i am elected this will be my first 
priorities to promote and sort out these issues. Thank you. Any other comments? Um, nope. No, thank you, not from me. No problem. Simon. Okay. So there's um so the community infrastructure levy um is a way that um, um seek requires developers to contribute towards infrastructure and community projects um in councils um and some of that f those funds are actually um divided up for the um, are highlighted for the particular ward that that development occur um, takes place in so the community infrastructure f levy fund or the sill fund for charles dickens has got about three hundred thousand pounds in it what would you spend it on? And that question first to Dr. Raj, please. Uh, community investment funds from developers are not to be spent on my ideas, but listening to the local residents about the needs of the community and the requirement and the priorities. The John Pond Center is a community project, but now seems that the community is being squeezed out. So it should be in a proper way and appropriate way. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, Kirsty? I really like this question. I love a bit of still funding. So thank you for explaining what, what that is. Um, so, so far I've, I've worked quite closely with the existing ward councillors and, and local community groups to help them apply um, and be awarded for funding. Um, so one of those examples is that I've worked with Lamport Community Centre and Fortsea Events Group to help them be awarded over 40,000 between them. So that's really, you know, lovely. Um, we're lucky as a ward to have the highest community infrastructure investment budget in the city as a result of, of the development in the city centre over the recent years. But we also have the highest need for investment in community facilities and I'm committed to ensuring that those funds are, are spent well and, and best value is achieved. In particular, I'm quite keen to see this funding go to grassroots um, organisations and groups who otherwise would struggle financially to get the help that they need. And I, I know that there's a bit of an increase in tendency for, for council services to bid for SIL funding for um, gaps in their own budgets and I'm not sure this is a, a useful way to use use that money so yeah I mean I would continue to work with with, with youth groups and the people of the ward and support them to make applications for SIL funding um, and based on the plans that, um, they want to put forward for the ward thank you thank you very much um, do either of you want to issue a rebuttal at all Yeah, that's fine. I was just going to mention Kirsty. I didn't know whether whether the sun streaming into your face was a was a, um, so um, I'm you know. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll just move that. Sorry. No, that, it's, it's that's all right. right. I just I just thought if that's streaming straight into your eyes, unless you were going for a halo effect. Um, of but um, okay, right. So um, Ian. Yeah, so to question eight, and this is quite a complex question, but uh, I, I think when we did our research on the ward. Um, you know, if we look back at the previous five elections, two councillors have been elected under a UKIP and under a Labour on the ballot paper, but very shortly after have left those parties behind and moved to independent. One candidate was elected as a Labour candidate 
um, has then been deselected and is now standing as a Liberal Democrat. And obviously Stephen Morgan was elected for one cycle and has stepped away. Is there a risk that Charles, the 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 electorate of Charles Dickens, are, are you know the the ward is being used almost as a political playground and for people to sort of have a go, uh, and and what are your thoughts on that and how would you convince the people of Charles Dickens that that their next councillor is 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 going to is going to stay the distance, and I will ask that question to Kirsty. Yeah, thanks for this question. I've seen quite a lot of discussion generated on um, this topic on social media. What I will say is I don't think it's fair to discuss others who are not here to defend themselves, but I do realise that the, the concerns of residents. And I've been speaking to residents um, on the doorstep about this and, and some who um, initially said, oh, you're all the bloody same. Um, however, I've managed to kind of convince them that we're not all the bloody same um, and nor do I intend to use this as a political stepping stone or to become heavily involved in the pantomime of, of local politics. We're dealing with people's lives um, and we're here for that reason and I intend to put our residents at the heart of everything that I do. Um, I know that cross-party work will sometimes be inevitable um, on the big issues that affect our communities. However, um, I can firmly say that I will, I will always ensure that residents' needs come first and foremost. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsty. And the same question to Dr. Raj. It's a really, very beautiful question and the concern question for me also. For last uh, years, all the other parties, I will not name the specifically the party's name, but all the other parties, they have been elected and they have taken it for the granted. And as you said, that it is a political battleground. So they have taken it for the granted and seems to do nothing and care less about doing the job. So my commitment will be uh, to hold the surgeries, to hear about issues and work for the Charles Dickens Ward and the residents when I elected. And uh, that is not for the conservatives. Conservative is a people party and it is no words are be, uh, taken as a battle, political battleground or bet political benefit. So this is really very sad for the past years that other parties, candidates, they have elected and they have taken it for the granted and did nothing. But I will be definitely looking forward to do something for Charles Dickens Ward to make them sure that their councillors are not only for the election, uh, knocking the door for the election and for the uh, votes, but to do something for them. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Raj. Any rebuttals? Uh, Kesti, as you said that uh, they are asking oh, you are the same and uh, blah, blah. So what do you think that, again, when you are uh, coming uh, from the same banner? Sorry, I, I didn't quite understand your question. Uh, you you, yeah, Kirsty, you said that uh, when you uh, knock the door and they ask you, oh, you are from the same again, and those who have not done anything and they quit from their job. So what do you think that if you are again going under that banner, 
under that party. So what do you think? How would you are going to convince them that you are going to stick there and be on the post and you will be going to work for them? So, I mean, as I said, I mean, we've had these conversations with people on, on the doorstep. Um, and I think what's happened is sometimes people are elected into local government and into international government um, full of promises and, and, and bold ideas. And then they, they get in and, and nothing's done. And I think that's where people are feeling slightly fed up. Um, and I think it's about proving to, to our residents that we are compassionate about what happens in the ward and what happens to their lives. Um, and I think that's something that me and Cal have done um, extensively over the past few years. We, we've really built relationships with um, people in the ward. So hopefully um, that will change people's minds. Um, and I, I'm hoping to, to prove those people that do say we're all the bloody same, I'm hoping to prove them wrong. <laughs> Thank you. All the best, yeah. <laughs> and you. Thank you. Simon. Okay. Um, this one might be even easier to answer. Um, so um, some say that to represent the ward, you have to live in the ward. What do you say? That first to Dr. Raj, please. Uh, I don't think that uh, uh, it's very compulsory to be just in the ward. You can be just a door away from the ward and you can work for them. As I work on three C's, concern, committed, and confident. So I am there just a door away from the Charles Dickens Award. And I, I'm very close and very close to the resident's heart. Whenever, wherever they need me, I am there. So being not far from the ward is, doesn't mean that I'm not keen and I'm not interested to work for them. So not so far anyway to not know what's going on. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Kirsty. This has been another question that's really generated lots of conversations, particularly on the previous um, podcasts that I've, I've watched. Um, so I think it, it's not essential, but it helps. Um, it's, it's really important to know the area and its people well and, and understand that the local needs. So I am really proud that I, I've lived in social housing in the ward for many years now. And because of that, over the, over the time, I've been able to um, build relationships with people in the community, you know, working with local groups um, and campaigning on, on issues that really, really matter to, to people that live in this ward. So it's not essential, but it helps. Okay, thank you very much. That's a, um, a a straight answer to that question. Um, and any rebuttals from either of you to the other's position? No. Okay. Thank you very much, Ian. Now, I think both of you have touched on it uh, slightly in some of your earlier answers, but if we can just have a, a bit of a dig down. Yeah, Antisocial behaviour is a real problem, and we see that on on quite a lot of social media threads. What, what would you do to tackle it? And Kirsty, if I can give you first opportunity on that. So my, um, one of my children just came in, I was just sorting him out. So yeah, antisocial behaviour is, is a huge problem. I think what we need to do is, is work with residents to ensure that any issues that occur in their area are properly addressed. 
by the council, the local police and the local police force. Um, we've already been working uh, with board councillors on, on doing this where the issues occur. So Cow and I um, have set up a residence association in, in the courts area of the ward. So um, King Albert Court, Crown Court, etc. Um, the residents there um, we're bring you know all saying the same issues around anti-social anti behavior um so i think it's really really important that um residents keep reporting the anti-social behavior so um resources can be um allocated and it's equally important that when residents do report anti-social behavior that that communication then sort of filters through and, and around everybody um, so everybody that's involved in, in, in tackling the issue. We know that antisocial behaviour is often a byproduct of, of austerity, austerity and cuts to local youth and support services. And we've we've seen some dreadful, dreadful cuts made by the Conservative government over nearly, a, well, over a decade now. So I think what we need to start fighting for is the properly funded services um, that give people the help that they need and provide activities to get people off the street. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsty. And the same question to Dr. Raj. Uh, it's really very uh, important question for our community and the society rather uh, around the world also. The antisocial behavior is overpowering more and more. The first thing, um, as I say, that it's not a magical solution. We can't get any magic stick and uh, just get rid of that antisocial behavior. But parents should be in control of their children. I know that it's very important to teach our young children that what is the behavior they are giving to others and how they are getting those behaviors. So it is very important to start from home and from the primary schools. We must have some special classes to teach what is the antisocial behavior, how it is damaging the society and how it is damaging the personality. So children should know that they would be in trouble if they will do any antisocial behavior their parents are the first who are going to punish them, not outsider. And we must start some uh, initially uh, in um, talking to the residents and the children together, explain, and uh, there should be some session for the antisocial behavior classes. Thank you, Dr. Raj. Any other comments there? Uh, as Kisti said that conservatives, they are cutting the fund for that antisocial behavior. No fund can improve the antisocial behavior unless we all are starting uh, initiative. We, we take initiative ourselves, being in a resident, being in the area, and point and try to understand and explain and start the surgeries for the antisocial behaviors damaging and the benefits, both. Thank you, Dr. Raj. Kirsty? Thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I, I do want to come back on that. Uh, yes, parents are in control of their children and their, their children's behaviour. And yes, education is one of the many ways that we can we, we can tackle antisocial behaviour. But as I said earlier, we know that antisocial behaviour is a byproduct of austerity and cuts. And 
parents are struggling to put food on their tables. They're having to decide whether to heat or eat. And, and children are, are out, out doing all, all this antisocial behaviour. But what we need to, to make sure that happens is that investment is in people's pockets so people are no longer living in poverty, which is one of the biggest causes of ill health and antisocial behaviour. Thank you both. Simon. Okay, so uh, question 11 is, um, I know I think we might have briefly touched on it before, but um, it's worth exploring in a bit of detail. So uh, Portsmouth City Council currently aims to triple the number of cruise ships docking at the municipal port. These ships keep their engines running during their stay and burn low-grade diesel that is harmful to breathe in. Charles Dickens Ward already has the highest incidence of respiratory disease in the city and is adjacent to the port. What is your position on this and that? First to Dr. Raj, please. Mm, I think these ships should soon be using fuels. That's what uh, we are planning for that, which gives the lower particulate uh, exhaust. And many will be fitted with the electric motors. It's the job of the council, again, to ports manager, to enforce the international and the local regulations to start and to give the priority for the electric engine, not the diesel engine. Thank you. Thank you. Kirsty. This is a really good question about the port um, achieving the net zero carbon city. And it does point to a genuine dilemma between using the port to generate local economy um, versus sort of reducing pollution and carbon emissions. If I'm honest, this um, area is, is not my area of expertise, and I think it would be foolish to pretend that it is. However, um, working with our Labour members and our candidates and our councillors, um, I think that shore power is certainly part of the answer, and I believe it's already being looked at. Um, but I think this needs to be done with like more urgency. Um, it's my understanding that not all ships are um, shore, uh, ready for shore power at the moment. So plus it doesn't address the issue of emissions associated with them coming in and out of the port. So, um, yeah, I think we what we need is, is a joined up citywide strategy for um, tackling the climate crisis um, that addresses the challenges of, of today. Um, Certainly the Lib Dems uh, strategy is about 12 years old, I believe. So it, we need to make something this more current um, and, and look at the port in a holistic way. Um, and that way um, we can relate to what's happening elsewhere in the city. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and do either of you want to issue a rebuttal to the um, other's response at all? Um, no, because uh, I'm also not very much uh, uh, right now uh, able to say something, but definitely the ship should be soon using the fuel. So that's all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we did. I did put a reach out for because um, we're you're both you're, you're both being fantastic, and we're racing through the questions really, really quickly. Um, so I did put a call out for any if there were any additionals that um, that the public wanted to submit that they hadn't had a chance to ahead of the hustings. Um, and I have had one um, that's actually coming on the on the comment section. Um, Ian, do you do we want to squeeze um, get that one in? Yes. Yeah. No. You go. You go for that, and I'll um I'll um I'll keep question twelve in my pocket. 
so that we can just uh, okay. Can... So, um, so sorry to drop this one on you. Obviously, this is a. Um, so this this question um, comes from Ronnie. Um, would the candidates be looking to form a coalition with other parties after May the sixth? Um, and I'll pose that first to Dr. Raj. Uh, can you repeat the question again? Of course. After May the 6th, um, would you be looking to form a coalition with other parties in the city? Uh, for the positive and benefit for the community, definitely. Uh, I'll be happy to go with the party, but uh, not for the personal gain. Yeah, I think I think the question's asking about whether the whether, for example, your political parties would be willing to form a, co a, a formal coalition with other parties in the in on the local council. I, it is it is difficult to predict. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, um, Kirsty. Right, I'm a straight talking girl. We know where coalitions get us. Tories and Lib Dems in coalition, we've suffered a lot. So no, at no time would I envisage Labour uh, forming a coalition with any other party at Baltimore City Council. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, any rebuttals? Lovely. And then let's, let's take us to the last question then, please, Ian. It's unfortunate I wanted to ask a supplementary question, but I'm not allowed to. I'll, I'll stop. <clears throat> right, back on script. <laughs> so as we come out of lockdown, I think you've, you've touched on, it's been a really, you know, it's been a very hard year for everybody. You know, as we come out of lockdown and, and, and hopefully we're going to get some new form of normality, what, what are your hopes for the benefit of 2021, you know, for the balance of 21? And I'm going to ask that first to Kirsty. Thanks, Ian. It's it's quite amazing how we've we've swam beautifully through this 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 evening. So, yeah, I think what we know um, is that income inequality leads to poor health and, and damages like family life and community life. And the pandemic has, has further exposed the injustices and, and inequalities that already existed in our ward. Um, so I want to do all that I can to ensure that inequality is tackled in our city um, and that our city is a fair and equal place for everybody that, that lives in it. I think we need a secure COVID recovery that puts people and the planet first. Um, instead of lining the pockets of, of developers, we, we need to start lining the pockets of, of those who live and breathe, breathe in our ward. Um, and, and, and as I said before, Charles Dickens has, has been left behind for far too long. So I know Portsmouth Labour are keen to build back from the pandemic, greener, cleaner and fairer. So what we want to do is we want to work with the residents to protect their incomes, um, oppose the Tory tax rises, because that will only slow that recovery down and put people's jobs at risk. Um, and we need to hold on as well to the sense of community uh, and, and kindness that that was uh, that occurred during the pandemic um because actually alone we can achieve little but i think when we work together as a community we can achieve so much more thank you thank you kirsty and so the same question dr raj your hopes for the balance of 2021 Yes, Tory doesn't believe in uh, high uh, rising the tax, and uh, they are 
always uh, for the people and for the people's benefit for uh, what we are planning and we are thinking for the local businesses to get back on their feet as soon as possible in a normal life after 21st of june and succeed and employ more and more local people to get their happy life again thank you so thank you both that is the end of the questions sorry can and i just so come back I'm... in there Ian? of course you can thank you sorry to interrupt no no so i think it one thing i do want to say is under the current government our council tax has gone up by five percent um and our, although it's gone up by five percent we're seeing our services services cut and, and local authorities have been forced into to passing on on this count on the council tax rises um the current government is ideologically opposed to to funding local authorities properly um and, and we really need central government to start funding local authorities properly so we can implement changes thank you dr raj do you want to come back on that no no thank you Perfect. So thank you both for answering the questions. I'm now going to invite you both to make your final closing statements, starting with Dr. Raj. So it was really a pleasure hearing all of you and especially KST also. I have been listening very carefully to your questions and comments this evening. And thank you for attending this evening, this event. Uh, you all were here because you wanted to know who to vote and why. Why should we? you give me to Dr. Renu Raz your cross, or as I like to say, your, uh, your call. I believe that I'm qualified to lead Charles Dickens' ward out of hard time. I'm a businesswoman with uh, good qualification and good concern, commitment, and confidence. I'm really good at listening and equipped to try and help you with your worries. It's important to me to hold regular surgeries so that I can get to know you and I'm not afraid to hard work. As a country right now, we are just coming out of the hard times which have been hard for us, both personally and as a community. But again, I look forward and have hope and that will make me more strong and comfortable and to work with you. A vote for me is a vote for hope. Hope for Charles Dickens as we emerge out of the pandemic stronger and confident, building back our community and saying goodbye to hard time. Take care, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Raj. And Kirsty. Thank you, and thanks, Dr. Raj. It's lovely to, to meet you. So I Same believe... <laughs> I believe that I'm the right candidate for Charles Dickens and its residents for a number of reasons. Not only has my life and its test shaped my worldview to be one of empathy, love, support and empowerment. It's also lit a fire in my belly that gives me the, the need to fight tooth and nail for others. So what am I going to fight for? I'm going to fight for residents to ensure we come out of the other side of the pandemic better than the current path. We need a COVID recovery focused on people rather than profit. We've, we've seen far too much of the opposite in the last decade. Therefore, I will do all I can to tackle the inequalities and injustices our ward faces. 
We need a local economy that works for residents rather than bosses and landlords. I want people to feel they have a part to play in their community. This starts from people being proud of where they live. I want our states to be injected with life. We've seen this work well with the inclusion of greenery in London estates. So why can't we have those here too? I want to continue working with organisations such as Enableability at Lamport Community Centre in providing an exceptional service to local residents. Charles Dickens has seen many student tower blocks being built recently, and whilst these are welcome additions to the local community as well as the local economy, we are in desperate need for genuinely affordable houses too, and this is something I will champion if elected to the council. Anti-social behaviour is an issue I know many feel is a rising problem in the area. So I want to build bridges with the council, local neighbourhood, policing and youth organisations to ensure this will be tackled. I will also work with women in our city on the issue of violence against women and girls and push for elected representatives to undertake the handling of disclosure of domestic abuse training and for this training to become mandatory no matter what political flag you fly. And lastly, I will stop uh, sorry, I will stop. I will fight to stop our healthcare being snatched away from us. As a service user of the Guildhall Walk Surgery, I'm deeply saddened that more and more GP surgeries throughout the city are being closed down. And, and this is all while we're facing one of the biggest uh, health crises across the globe. Now is not the time. So I will continue to work with Labour councillors to campaign against this. So I hope those um, listening can hear the passion in my voice while I'm speaking about these issues as I truly care about them and the people of Charles Dickens. And that's why I'm standing to be your newest councillor and I hope that you'll lend me your vote on May the 6th so I can prove this to you. Thank you for having me and thank you Ian and Simon for arranging this. Thank you. Brilliant, thank you both. It's very clear that... uh, you know, Charles Dickens is blessed with two very passionate and committed um, candidates. And uh, thank you for, for your answers this evening. So you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. And our guests have been Dr. Renny Raj from the Conservative Party and Kirsty Meller from the Labour Party. And I've been Simon Sansbury. Don't forget to join us next week when we've got our last hustings of the May elections, which is on the 2nd of May at 6.27pm, which is Central South Sea. Um, Please do join us and follow us on Facebook to make sure you get notifications when we go live. Thank you. Thank you.